Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everybody. Who's excited about being in the house of the Lord this morning? We came for the specific reason of lifting up the name of Jesus to worship our God. Amen. So I'm reminded of the book of Kings I see throughout that there are many kings that did evil in the sight of the Lord, it says. There were some kings that, this, this I question this, this morning, for those kings that did good in the sight of the Lord, many of them, the Bible says, they left up the groves and they were cursed of the Lord when they left up the groves. I think that the encouragement or the inspiration of coming into the house of God on Sunday as we see what's going on in our world through wars and through death, that we have the peace of God. We have joy. We have our faith in a living God. And when we put our faith in God, sometimes we come into the house of God for inspiration and encouragement. As a reminder of the God that we serve, to get away from what society says should be done, and when these kings would leave up the groves, the reason that they would be cursed is they allowed that form of worship to stay around. But I think that we can be inspired as we worship the Lord this morning, that we serve a mighty God. And no matter what's going on in the world around us, we have the joy and the peace of the Lord. Let us all go before the Lord, lifting him up right now in prayer. We're going to go into a time of worship. Lord, we thank you, O oh God. We magnify you, Lord Jesus, for you are the one true God. You're the one that we worship, the one that we give praises to. There's nothing in this world that's going on that we can't have the joy and the peace of the Lord. For your word lets us know that no matter whether good or bad, all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to your purpose. Let's worship the Lord together.
If you came in with anything this morning, if there's demons that need to flee, if there's power that needs to be in your life, if there's salvation that you need, if there's healing that you need, if there's peace that you need, if there's joy that you need, contribution to the kingdom of God and what God has called them to do. I was thinking of the Fowlers as I was coming up this morning. I was thinking, I said I was going to say one witty, one wise. But then again, I was thinking I didn't want to offend anyone by them having to choose who is who. <laughs> so I thought not to say it, but then, uh, you know, that's the witty one. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let us go before the Lord in prayer as we pray over the offering. Please stand with me. Lord, we thank you so much for all your provisions. We ask that you bless this offering today, O oh God. This is the place in your word, O oh God, where you say to prove you, O oh Lord. Oh God, and we know, O oh Lord, what the kingdom needs, O oh God, and that is you. Oh, Lord, we know what this world needs, and it needs this kingdom that has come down in the form of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, allow this word to go forth in our city, in our local church, oh, God, in our community through this giving, oh, God. Bless each and every family that has it to give. Those that do not, bless them abundantly to have. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, we're going to ask that you come giving the tithes and offering. We're going to transition the service now towards worship, and then you'll hear the preaching of the word.
perfect, spotless blood of Jesus. Amen, amen. I want to welcome you here if it's your first time. So happy that you've chosen to worship with us at Life. Amen. I want to give honor to the set man of this house, Pastor C and First Lady. I love them. Man, I give honor to my wife and my daughter. Man, I love them so much. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to read from the Gospel of Matthew, the 8th chapter, the 18th verse. I'm going to begin reading. Matthew chapter 8, verses 18 through 27. Now when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, The foxes have holes and the birds the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Verse 21. And another one of the disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Follow me and let the dead bury their dead. It's harsh. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Verse 25, And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are ye fear fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose, arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, this is the verse I'm keying in on, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And when he was come to the other side, into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two men possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before our time? The, the, the devils knew who it was that had stepped onto the shore. And there was a good way off from them and heard of swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go into the, into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. Verse 33. And they that kept them fled and went, and went their ways into the city and told everything that was befallen to the, to the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coast. Brother Parks, would you pray? Lord, your word tells us that now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Oh God, and although we as a people at times put our faith in things we can't see, we come into a house of God today to put our faith in you, the spirit of the living God. Allow your word to go forth, oh Lord God. Oh Lord, let our ears be attentive to your word. Oh God, we don't want to stop there, but we want to apply your word. We ask that you anoint the speaker today, Lord God. Touch him 
Touch his mind and heart. Touch his lips today, Lord God. Let he speak your true word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. For the next few minutes, I want to preach. Don't fret. Jesus is in the boat. Don't fret. Jesus is in the boat. This miracle that we just read about in the scriptures was really a unique miracle that we find, if I'm honest. We, we don't find, I don't read in the scriptures where I find that there's any other miracle quite like this miracle. Every other miracle that we can read about in the scriptures deals with the physical. It deals with the elements or, or, or deals with something that we can see or touch or, or a healing in the body. It doesn't deal necessarily with the elements. But the backdrop for this story is this, that in the, this is at the onset of the ministry of Jesus. In fact, we find that in chapter 8, Jesus had been on a bit of a healing crusade. We find that He had healed the leper. He had healed the centurion's servant. He had healed the apostle Peter's mother-in-law. In fact, we talked about it some on Tuesday night. But the traveling portion of our text is sandwiched between the miracles that I just mentioned and Jesus delivering two men that were possessed by devils. The disciples had made the decision to follow Jesus to the other side of the water. They, were, they had chosen that they were going to go with Him on this assignment. The passage reads that they left because of the crowds in the multitudes that were coming to him. But when he arrives on the other side of the water, we find that he is immediately met by two men who were possessed by devils. I submit to you that Jesus was on a mission to go set these men free of these tormenting spirits. Before we can get to the other side, before we can fulfill what God has called us to do, we must face the winds. We must face the waves. I want to let somebody in the house know today that even though you go through the storm and the rain, all while fulfilling your call of God and the living right, you're doing everything right. But as long as you have Jesus in the boat, you don't have to fret. You see, to the Hebrew mind, the sea was often a representation of chaos. Although it was something that was created by God, it was not friendly to human existence and seemed to operate with a mind of its own. The sea was often viewed as a hostile force that had eluded human dominion. In fact, therefore the fact that Jesus exercised power and dominion over the sea was something that blew the disciples' minds. The disciples... By this point, has seen him work miracles, but this blew their minds. Somebody in here today, I wish you could get a hold of what I'm talking about. Believe that something in your life that you may have thought impossible is possible with God. You may be in the storm of your life right now, and you know that you're living righteously, you're living holy. It's not, it's, it's not some kind of judgment from God that's been cast down upon you, but the storm is part of the process to get to the other side of what God is doing in your life, in your ministry. Chapter 8 is indicative of Jesus' divinity and His authority to bring an end to chaos and persecution by speaking to the storm and bringing the storm to an end. And once they had made it to the other side, driving out the demons that were possessing the two men, the sooner you realize just who it is that's in the boat with you, the better off you'll be. The disciples to this point did not understand who it was that was in the boat with them. Sure, he had done a few miracles, turned the water into wine, done this and done that. But speaking to the elements, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Jesus is not the second person in the Godhead. He's not Jehovah Junior. 
He's almighty God manifested in the flesh. He was the God of the Old Testament. John chapter 8, verses 57 and 58. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. The Jews were hung up on the fact that Jesus was not old enough to have met the prophet Abraham. Yet he spoke of Abraham as if he knew him. Jesus' response to those men and women was masterful. Before Abraham was, I am. Jesus was absolutely the God of the Old Testament. And his existence to them, to them was temporary. Like any other human being that was walking around in reality, he is eternal. And, God, and as God, he dwells outside of time. You see, time is really a construct that only applies to humanity. Jesus made himself obedient to time and the laws of humanity while he was here on earth. But, all, but before all things and time was created, it was him in the beginning. In the beginning, God. You need to know and understand who it is that you serve in here today. You need to know that Jesus is omnipotent. The Bible says that He's, he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. There is nothing that is His equal. There is nothing that is His rival. If I could quote Brother Parks, He stands in a class all by Himself. If I'm honest with you in here today, there's times in my life when I have faced uncertainty, the uncertainty of the unknown tomorrow and future in our lives will often cause doubt and fear to creep into our hearts and minds and can rob us of the joy of life, the joy of living for God in the present. I made my mind up a long time ago, Brother Munden, that I was going to live for God. No matter what happens in my life, I'm going to go all the way. In spite of the circumstances that I may face, the cards that I'm dealt, oftentimes we are living life and enjoying everything. And one bad report from the doctor can cause us to, to lose sleep, can rob us of joy that we have in the here and now. But I want someone in here to hear me when I say that as long as you have Jesus in the boat, you really have nothing to worry about. Jesus was asleep in the boat all while his disciples were scared and worried that they were going to perish. The reality was that even though Jesus was asleep in the, in the boat, it did not diminish his power, did not diminish his authority over the situation that they were in. The disciples' perception of danger didn't change the situation. Your perception of the storm in here this morning doesn't change the fact that Jesus is in the boat with you. The fact that Jesus was in the boat and his disciples still had fear, they still had anxiety, is a common situation that we can often face and go through. Fear and anxiety, Brother Parks, are normal human emotions, but they should only be temporary as Christians. They should only serve as a wake-up call to our faith to rise up and understand just who it is that's in our boat. There are so many people in the world that are going through life and have no idea that Jesus can bring peace to their circumstances and their lives. They're going, they're looking for it. They're looking for peace in pill bottles and alcohol, promiscuity, the lives of immorality and rot, searching for something that can fill the void in their lives. They worry about everything that they face and go through. They have no hope 
of tomorrow and a better life. Most people in this world who don't know the Lord are clueless to the fact that this life we live is temporary. The hereafter and where you spend eternity is what matters more than anything in this life. How pointless would it be if we just lived our lives and then just died at the end and that was it? James 4 and 14 says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. One writer, Brother Munden, said it like this. If the earth was a steel ball and there was a moth that flew around the earth once every thousand years and the wing of the moth would graze the earth as he was flying around, as long as it would take the moth flying around the earth to wear off just one layer of that steel, eternity would have just begun. Life is but a vapor that is here one day and gone the next. Life is so precious and so valuable because our time here on earth is but a fleeting light that burns for a short time. And has then gone out. This is why what we do on earth is so important. The life that we live matters. And it's important that we have Jesus in the boat with us. The children of Israel, when they were coming out of Egypt to go to the promised land, faced uncertainty. They had been in bondage for generations. They had... Never had to worry about food or shelter. They had been in bondage, but they had food and they had homes. They had been in bondage for many years. And finally, the Lord raises up an Old Testament type of Messiah that leads them out of bondage and crushes the Egyptian army in the process. I cannot imagine that whole process and the situation that they're in where you know where you know what you're getting, but then you move to the unknown. You know that you are in bondage, but there's not really unknowns in the day-to-day. -day. But getting relief and deliverance from Egypt had to be amazing. But at the same time, there had to be many unanswered questions within the people's hearts and minds. In the wilderness, they faced uncertainty with food, with shelter, enemies, and other issues that they had never before faced. The place where they found themselves at was what they had prayed for. They had prayed for divine deliverance. And they had found themselves in the middle of an answered prayer. Their faith had brought them on a journey with many things that they had never faced before and to places that they had never gone. I want someone in here to hear me today. Your faith has brought you to a peculiar, unfamiliar place that you have never been before. Israel wasn't out of the will of God when they found themselves on the journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. God's answered prayers, God's answer to our prayers may look like a wilderness. A wilderness with strange sights, strange sounds, Unfamiliar landmarks, but right in the middle of the will of God. They got off track somewhere during their journey. Because of their lack of faith, it cost an entire generation entrance into the promised land. God made them wander around in circles for 40 years until an entire generation had died off. I want to encourage someone in here today to not lose faith in your journey. Don't lose faith in the process from Egypt to your promised land. God is with you and is aware of everything that you go through and you're facing. Luke chapter 5. Verses 17 through 25. 
And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with palsy and they sought means to bring him in and lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went they went up on the housetop and led him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. Verse 20. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus perceived their thoughts. If there's any doubt about who Jesus was, let me remove it for you. He perceived their thoughts. He answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. But he, but that he, but that he may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He saith unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy couch and go into the house. And immediately he rose up before before them and took took up took up that whereupon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. I love that. It's one of my favorite miracles in the New Testament. Here we have a situation where the Jesus is in a house. And it's just, it's not a church house. It's just a simple everyday house where people live. But it's packed. Jesus is teaching and expounding the word of God. And there was such a crowd that no one else could even get near the house to approach the master. The Bible says the Lord, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The sick man's friends had such great faith, no doubt. They had heard the fame of this Jesus of Nazareth had somehow made its way to these men and they know and they knew that if they could just but get their friend to the feet of this Jesus, everything was going to be okay. They took note that Jesus was in the house. Some of you in here this morning should take note that Jesus is in the house. And He's come to set liberty, give you liberty if you're, if you're captive and, and if you're bound to, to give you freedom from those bonds this morning. So they get up on the roof of this house and they begin to remove the sections of the tiling, the Bible says, and they lowered their friend who was bound and stricken with disease to the feet of Jesus. They knew and realized that the power of the Lord was in the house. And all that they needed to do was get this man before the feet of Jesus. Brother Ying, if you've got some music... You can stand in here today. I submit to you today that these men weren't physically in a boat with Jesus. But they had Jesus in their boat. They knew the power that He had available to Him. I would be remiss this morning... If I were to gloss over the other individuals, many times I think it's missed when this story is read. So much focus is put on the faith of the men and the miracle that took place that we miss the point. The power of the Lord was in the house to heal. I don't read where anyone else was healed. I don't read where anyone else came to Him they were there to learn. They were there for a show. I don't know what they were there for. I don't know what you've come this morning for. I hope, I hope you've come with your hearts and minds ready to receive. The only recorded miracle that we find, Sister Duval, in that house 
was the friends, was the man whose friends got him to the feet of Jesus. Everyone in the house missed their moment. Don't miss your moment this morning. Some of you in here think that maybe you're out of the will of God because you're going through what you're going through. I've come with a simple word to remind you this morning that God is with you in your storm. God is with you in your test. It's part of the process to get to the other side so that God's will can be accomplished. Don't lose sight of the end goal and have faith in knowing that Jesus is in your boat. This altar's open because they prepare, as we prepare to transition, we've got a few minutes. If you're able, come pray. God, we love you today. Lord, we thank you today, God, for your word. We thank you, God, for your spirit. God, that we felt in this house today. God, we've come this morning. God, some of us facing storms. Some of us facing tests. God, I know that you're with me in my boat. I know that I'm in your will. God, but i got to be honest. Sometimes the weight gets heavy. Sometimes the nights are long. God, but I ask this morning, God, that you would just give comfort, God, to those... God, who we're going through. God, give them, give them strength for the journey. God, this morning to press. God, to endure the storm for the night. God, you're not asleep at the wheel tonight, today. God, but you're, you're the one, God, that's controlling the winds. You design, God, this storm. You design this test. God, because it's going to build us, God, into a greater Christian. God, it's going to take us
Oh, hallelujah. 
Jesus. Bless your name, God. Bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. sweet presence of the Lord that's in this place. Go ahead and lift up Jesus one more time. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Isn't it fulfilling to be in the presence of God? Amen. You don't have to leave with what you came in with. Amen. You can leave with peace. You can leave with the presence of God leading and guiding us. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. That's what church is all about. Amen. We come in to worship God and he met us here. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I need that throughout the week. Amen. So thankful for the word of the Lord that has come forth through Reverend Fowler this morning. Used of the Lord. Amen. 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 He saves some time. Amen. That's what I, I love about preachers that are led of the Lord. Amen. He's, he completed that word and gave us a moment with the Lord. I'm thankful yes. for it. Yes. Amen. And I think that lives were changed. Yes. People were healed. Were reminded of your salvation with the Lord and his holiness and who he is. Amen. Amen. For those of you that didn't know that Jesus was in the house, you know now. Yes. Amen. Jesus is in the boat. Don't fret. Thank you so much for that current word, that present word of the Lord. We needed that. As he began to, prior to him expressing the character of Jesus Christ, I quote him saying, once you realize who is riding in the boat with you, the better you will be. The better you will be. And he gave us a description of who was in the boat. The mighty God in Christ. The omnipotent, all-powerful. The omniscient, all-knowing. He's the God that knows all. He's not bound by time. I love that kind of preaching. When someone begins to tell us about who God is, it said in the word that the Pharisees blasphemed him, saying that who could forgive sins but God? And through Jesus, that answer was given when he perceived what was in their thoughts. Only God can do that. Amen. Only God can do that. And he went on to tell us he's not the second person in the, in the Trinity. He's not. He's the one true God. And I, I hear this and I, I use the word manifested because that's what God will do. He will manifest himself. He will manifest himself. God manifested in flesh through Jesus Christ. Amen. We're so thankful for that word. Thank you so much for reminding us of who's in the boat with us, who's in the house of God with us. Throughout our week this week, I do want to bring these events to your attention. We have our normal events, Monday Life in Focus. Tuesday, we have our pre-service prayer. If you're available, please come out. Be with us in prayer if you have that time to spend with us from 6 to 6.30 on Tuesday, and then followed by our midweek service. Our midweek service this week will be Trunk of Treats. Trunk of Treats. Come out. We have many uh, activities lined up, games for the children. The trunks will be full of candy. They've asked that you feed them before they come so that they're not, <laughs> they're not eating candy all the way home. 
Uh, we also going to have some games. We'll have the train out. We'll have some bounces. Please come out, invite some neighbors, and come out and share that time with you. Trunk or treat on uh, Tuesday. Come out for a night of fun and fellowship. Wednesday, Wednesday prayer on our conference call. Please dial in for prayer at 6.30 on Wednesday. I, I love a, a house of God that just prays. You know, this, this is a church that prays. And this is not only a church that prays, but we are the recipients of answered prayer. Amen. The miracles of God through, that, through those that intercede on our behalf. And that prayer is continuously going up throughout the week. It, it doesn't stop. Amen. That not only our quiet time with the Lord, but also time of uh, committed prayer amongst the saints of God together. Please join us on Wednesday, conference call prayer. If you have any questions, please uh, get with me afterwards. I'll get that number to you. Also, family Bible study this week follows our prayer at 7 p.m. on Zoom. And then Saturday, prayer. Prayer at 8 a.m. Uh, right here in the sanctuary, you want to come in, spend some time with the Lord, with the saints of God, as we intercede together. Please stand with me. We do want to continue to keep our leaders in prayer. Uh, this coming week, we have leadership retreat. Uh, we look forward to uh, the words of leadership from Reverend Carlton Coon, who will be uh, with us during that time of leadership. Uh, retreat. So continue to keep our leaders in prayer also as we go out. Lord, we thank you for the word that we've received today. We thank you, Lord God, for your presence that we felt. For many of us, that was a reminder, oh God, that you're with us no matter what we're going through, no matter the storms of life, no matter what goes on around us. It's easily said when it's repeated, but for the individual that walked in today, feeling burdened, feeling anxious, feeling fearful, feeling depressed, feeling like they're at the end, oh God, your word came forth to remind us of your peace and joy, your faithfulness in our lives, that we can leave here changed. We can leave here with a better understanding of the character of Jesus Christ. Lord, more committed to who you are, in times of worship and prayer. Lord, we thank you that your presence changed lives. We thank you for the many prayers that have been prayed. Oh God, on our behalf, that when we leave here, we're safe on the road. Oh God, that when we leave here, oh Lord God, that our health is better. When we leave here, Lord, we leave here saved. Oh God, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and prepared for your return. We ask that you bless each and every saint. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. You are dismissed. In Jesus' name.